Craft Beer Radio, episode 330 on April 18th, 2015. Doing something mean to it Do it better than anybody you ever seen Do it Springs from the haters Got a nice ring to it I guess every superhero need his theme music And welcome to Craft Beer Radio No one man should have all this power I'm Greg Weiss I'm Jeff Bear Here we have a raid for us A set of beers across the country is where they're from <laughs> that that sounded better in my head, and I almost got it out. You almost got it out. So the intro song, Kanye West. I've never heard that song before. That's pretty good. Yeah, Kanye. I look, maybe a ridiculous personality, but he makes good music. Start at the pale ale, I guess. We got two pale ales, right? Yes, we have two pale ales. All right, let's start with this one. And we have well, we have the organic too, which right. I assume yes. is going to be. Yes. That doesn't look like a stout to me. <laughs> Hopvale, so I don't <laughs> think it's a stout. Our final beer from Lightning Brewery, the, the from the shipment they from the shipment they sent us. This is Fairweather Pale Air, Pale Pale Air. Uh, this is one. This is one of their first releases. This was, I believe, it was their first brewery release in May two thousand six or twenty oh six. I should say, five point five percent alcohol by volume. It is a, one of their founding beers. And what other information do we have? Not too much. Put the xylus on that. Save it for later. All right, beer pours very clear. It is kind of a copper color, a little bit light, a light copper, golden copper. Okay, here's the. I was reading this. Uh, I was quiet because I was reading this on their website. They have a serving suggestion. Serve at 40 to 50 degrees. Because Lightning Brewery's craft beer flavors and aromas develop as beer warms, there's no need to quaff it or drink it quickly. We recommend serving our craft beer as much as you would a fine wine. I think we can agree with that statement. Yes. For all beers. And, and I'm surprised. You usually don't see a brewery say up to 50. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. But you don't see it written on labels very often. Speaking of temperature, we we got, do have got, our own little yeah. We uh, kind of broke the uh, habit of fifty-seven point three, so we're almost at sixty on this guy, or at least the surface. All right, this is only detecting the surface, but so is that the interface between air mm-hmm. and the liquid? It might be a little bit colder inside. We didn't really describe what we were smelling, did we? No, no, we kind of. <laughs> Jump right into it. The uh, yeah, so let's see the aroma. It's uh, it's mostly malty. Um, kind of just has a basic pale malt aroma. It's not too caramelly, so you get kind of a oh, I don't know, uh, a bit of bit of bread, a bit of um, maybe like a, I'm almost thinking oddly enough pumpernickel. It's been a while since I've had some, mm-hmm. but I've, for some reason that's coming to my something mind. Something popped into my mind. I almost hesitate because I'm like, really? And I was going to say something like a porridge or something, but maybe it's more like a grape nuts, you know, like a kind of like barley type cereal. Well, I could see something along those lines, sure. It doesn't definitely, it doesn't smell as hoppy as it, as it tastes. Yeah. I mean, there is a little hop aroma, but it, it's balanced in there with the um, malts. But if you compare this to a pale ale, and not some of the crazy, mm-hmm. you know, IPAs that we're so used to having these days. Well, this is, they call this a UK style IPA. Okay. So yeah, I mean, the aroma is kind of spot on for that then, because the hops are in there, but they're kind of intermingled and, and not taking the forefront. They have, Don't tell me what hops, but they say they chose hops from the UK and Europe. So I'm thinking... Um, Well, I, I think there's probably Fuggles in there. There's probably EKGs. Yeah, I think EKG, East Kent Coldings, uh, feels pretty good here. There's a bit of spiciness to it. I'm not tasting anything that's noble. You know, those are yeah. the hops that typically give a spiciness. There's a bit of a spice in the fl- spiciness on your tongue when you drink this. It, the hops definitely stand through. It doesn't... It, it's... 
more hops than malt in the flavor, where the where the aroma was the opposite. Mm-hmm. But it is still, I mean, for a San Diego pale ale, it's a pretty malty example. I'm not sure. I mean, okay. I think there's. I'm perfectly satisfied with the flavor. This is pretty good. Yeah, me too. I'm just saying that it feels like it, it feels like a more um, UK style IPA. Like it feels like I more, think it does. I, I, it also reminds me kind of a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. So I mean, it's even hoppier. Okay, yeah, it's even hoppier than an English style Pale Ale. Now the aroma, like I said earlier, I agree that does have an English type feel to it, but the flavor has more of a, an American Pale Ale type. Not an APA, but an American-made pale ale type flavor to it. So, like Jeff said, it's like a little bit spicy, a little grassy uh, in terms of the hop character. Not uh, not a lot of like citrus notes. Some sulfury notes. It's more a, more kind of Brussels sprouty than the, the other things. I would okay. suppose. Yeah, I'm getting that. I mean, it's subtle for me, but I can get some of that in there. That flutter sound came back. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it's coming from. That's what happens when you pack up the studio. Just trying to make sure it's... Yeah. It's not that one. Maybe it's... It's on something side. on your side of the... Of the table. But who All knows? Right. We probably are the only ones who can hear it. Because usually like... these things we hear... And no one else can hear it. Oh, okay. Well, we'll just we'll just power through yeah. and try to fix the flutter uh, before next episode. Because I definitely don't see it on the waveform. Oh, you wouldn't. You definitely. Well, no, you wouldn't see it on the waveform. People with headphones on might be able to hear it though. So don't listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> This is really good. This is yeah. kind of stand, this stands apart from the other lightning beers that they that we had. Um, this is, I mean, we let's talk about lightning. We had heard a lot of really good things about them, and they uh, had offered to send us some, and we were like, absolutely. Um, and we have not really been impressed with what we've seen. I mean, that that's to, you know it has to be said. Mm-hmm. What for whatever reason, maybe they didn't didn't make the journey very well. Uh, this is definitely the uh, one best or, one, one or two of them had uh, you know production bottling yeah. issues or were getting infected um, no this one I wish they were all like this this yeah. is this is a well done beer all right so let's move on let's do one San Diego pale ale to another what do you say okay so this is from Al Smith, their San Diego Pale L.394. You may be wondering what dot .394 is. Well, it's Tony Gwynn's batting average. <laughs> it is. Uh, His autograph's on the bottle here. In early 2014, Tony Gwynn's team approached Al Smith to create a distinctive beer for the baseball legend. He played his whole career in San Diego. So. Okay. Um, that's a rare thing these days. The uh, label here calls this a San, Die- or a San Diego style pale ale, and just by cracking the cap, you smell something completely different. He wanted the beer to be, quote unquote, light with a kick, which he elaborated further to mean full of hop character and light in body and color. I'm gonna guess that was <laughs> that's a little bit of the of the tail wagging the dog. <laughs> Is this what you mean, Tony? <laughs> Yeah, so the hops on this one. So I'm this like, is Tony Gwynn's batting. Sorry, is his batting average in 1994? Okay, his best year. Gotcha. Keep in mind, 320 is considered awesome. Like 300 is is considered being you're a good player. You get 300. This is a guy who's hitting almost 400. That's pretty good. It is an incredible season. This is a guy who, you know, the, that average is like 1.2 or 1.3 hits a game. That's a game changer. Right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so the aroma on this one, it smells like, uh, you know, like those kind of, uh, the new juicy tropical type hops that I you know, keep seeing more and more of. I'm not sure if Greg read off the hop list yet. but I have before, not. I don't before, see it. Okay. You know, I'm going to have to guess just from the aroma. 
it, uh, Citra is a big component in here. And uh, hmm. I think okay, I didn't even get. They don't even have the alcohol by volume, but it's six on the bottle. I would say there might be a touch of Simcoe in there. Absolutely. As soon as you said it, I was like, <laughs> there it is. But for me, the Citra is the, the big, the big, uh, it's the it's the one that's hitting 394. It's funny because this one actually carries a malt flavor through. Where like the last one had all the malt aroma and it didn't carry much malt flavor. This one has all the hop aroma. And when you drink it, it carries through some of the malt flavor. The malt flavor is uh, pretty bready, sweet, almost like uh, uh, maybe some raisin bread or trying to draw a connection here. It's not linking up. What kind of bread is that? The taste is big um, big fresh grapefruit. I would be really surprised that there's not a lot of centennial hops in there. I mean, I'm getting a, like a, <laughs> it almost feels, I mean, the more I concentrate mm-hmm. on it, the more it feels like, like asserting itself over and over again. Okay. So it feels very great for, to me, not as pithy, really like uh, juicy, a juicy grapefruit. Yeah, I guess grapefruit is good citrusy. It's not quite that tropical. Mm. There's, um, it's not quite as tangy and tart as a grapefruit. I think there's some orange character. You know, for my for my palate, I'm getting more of a orange. However, that it's funny you you said not as pithy. If anything's reminding me of the grapefruit, it's a pithy part of the grapefruit. Is there a stratification? Let's see. Maybe a little bit, but not very much. Mm. You can blend if you would like. Let's do a blend. Yours might be a little tartar than mine. And the color is this sort of amberish straw, right? It's it's off straw. It's more into the amber, but it's not totally Mm -hmm. off. Mike sent us this beer. Thank you, Mike. The brightness of the, of the yeah, the breaker brightness has gone down just a tad, but I still definitely tasting it there. I am tasting a little bit more pith. Right. So, so I'm thinking, I still think Centennial. I also now think Cascade is involved there too. Um, and I think there might be a little bit of Simcoe in there, like you said, or Citra for. Uh, brightening, but I'm mm-hmm. guessing it's, it's mostly Centennial and, and Cascade right. for flavoring. Another note. It kind of makes sense to me, right? I mean, somebody like okay, let's let's assume that Tony Gwynn is an in it is a beer drinker, craft mm-hmm. beer drinker. He's probably not. I mean, I don't know, right? He could be. He could be an expert. He could be a. He could be somebody who's drank all of them, but he but he probably mm-hmm. isn't just getting into it. And these are flavors that are really very. Uh, I think easy for somebody to embrace. They're less; they're not bold and super Simcoe and assertive in that mm-hmm. quality, but they are bright and fruity, and um, and probably something similar to stuff that he would have grown up with, like a, like a Sierra Nevada or something like that. Reading a lot into this. I, I mean, if if the assumption is that Tony Gwynn had some say in this, right? Then I think that that that. You can make other assumptions based on that. These are all assumptions, of course. These should not be considered to be uh, anything but just speculation. But I think it's speculation that, in a Bayesian way, makes some sense. Sure, sure. If there's anything else noteworthy about this beer, I wanted to mention that it seemed to pour with a higher than normal level of carbonation. Uh, It didn't seem... like I almost thought it was the high level carbonation might have been the starts of an infection. But I didn't taste anything like that, so I just I, mean, think, I just think it was more a higher level of carbonation. It's not like beer. in the last show where mm-hmm. uh, the heavy t- the, he- the 
a modern times had a real the head that was reminiscent of that sort yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it could just be a little bit highly carbonated. I mean, I think. I think that might be reading too much. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> odd for me to say that right after I read a whole story <laughs> about Tony, <laughs> yeah. about Tony Gwynn's personality. Right. Um, no, what I was saying was I, I didn't think it didn't pour like it was infected. Mm-hmm. When I tasted it, I got this huge mouthful of carbonation. It tasted like an overcarbonation, you know, and that's what turned me on. Like, let me look for infection, but I never found any infection. So just. A lot of carbonation. Yeah, well, higher than average level of carbonation. Okay, let's save this other hoppy one. Let's take a little break in the hoppiness. Coffee cream stout. Oh, that that's a that's a break in hoppiness. It's either, it's either that or barrel aged. So, um, you know what? Let's go for the barrel aged. Okay. I say let, let's get those in there. Let's right. do some real real contrast. So this would be. From Duclaw, which is in Maryland. Devil's Dew. Is this a Jeff purchase? No, this is... JC, is that... Listener sent in. And now I'm showing how ungrateful I am. Usually put, like, stuff on here. It's a... Oh, Jason Evans, yeah. Thank you, Jason. 11% 11% alcohol by volume on this bourbon barrel stout from Duclaw. Retribution blended with devil's milk. So I imagine it is their retribution stout blended with devil's milk, which probably is a milk stout. Or it's just real devil's milk. <laughs> Tasmanian devil's milk. Okay, so... Yeah, they have uh, the two different beers. Let me take a look at those two beers, and then we can get on to this one. Because I didn't even read that until <laughs> until now. Uh, Devil's Milk is our barley wine. Okay. Their barley wine at uh, 10.6. And Deception is their Belgian quad at 16.4. <laughs> and so we have how Devil's do you, how, Dew. How do you take a barley wine and a quad and mix them together and come out with a stout? I don't think I, I think that there the implication is is more along the side of this is a beer in between, okay, as opposed to this is a beer that is because if you look at the description, the perfect balance of retribution imperial stout and devil's milk barley wine. I don't think that is a blend. <laughs> this was bottled in December, seventy five IBUs, twenty five platos, eleven. Uh, percent alcohol by volume so the blend of the two and the alcohol well went up slightly you would expect that I mean six point six, a 10 and a 16.4 <laughs> you know 16.4 wow <laughs> it does look like a stout uh, it pours looks like black hold it up to the light you can see oh, a little a, bit it, of... they call it a bourbon barrel aged stout Centennial Simcoe from Devil's Milk 2014 Chinook and Golding from Retribution 2014 the malts, pale malt, wheat malt, aromatic malt, crystal malt, special malt, roasted barley, torrified wheat, caramunic, chocolate malt, the seasonal 12-ounce bottles. The aroma carries... Uh, mm, you know, it, it has a nice caramel bend on the oak barrel thing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't... It doesn't smell over barrel that smells like the right barrel will that work in the flavor right i don't know the um i seem to be picking up some some esters on the aroma you know maybe from the quad or something like that kind of reminds me of like there's an aroma of some of those floral banana stone fruit type flavors coming out of the aroma which is kind of blending pretty nicely with the barrel character as well No, I mean, they say on the bottle, blended with, but they don't say in the description necessarily blended. I don't know. <laughs> We'd have to have the other ones, I guess. Yeah. Mm. 
weird. They say, uh, oh, devil's milk, barley wine style ale. Oh, I see what they're saying. They're blending the imperial stout. Is that what you said, imperial stout? Or No. You were reading something else. So the side barley of... wine and a quad. Okay, no. So this says on the side of the bottle, this is a blend of retribution, imperial oh, stout. Oh, okay, not deception. Okay. Retribution. And Devil's Milk Barley Wine. Uh, it will claim your soul with a mix of chocolate, coffee, smoky malts, and a note of charred oak, vanilla, caramelized sugar. The milkman cometh, so pop the top and... <laughs> the milkman cometh. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Alright, so it's an imperial stout in a barley wine. Okay, which is 11.5, their single bourbon barrel imperial stout. Okay. That makes more sense. <laughs> the darn similar names. All right. But what was tricking me was that on the site, they have two beers under here. Oh. And one of them is Devil's Milk, because I thought the other one was what it was blended with. But I see. No, they're just other beers. They're just other beers. All right, so this aroma is really engaging. You can sit here for a while. This is, you know, these big, strong beers, uh, high in alcohol. We want to get this thing nice and warm, so it's really open, giving it, giving us everything it's got. It's already pretty warm. It's at, Mine's at 60 already, but I still want to put a couple more degrees into it. So the big news, beer-wise, was from Elysian, right? Oh, with Dick Cantwell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I think it's sort it's of an expected. It's, it's interesting news, right? Because it was kind of surprising for me. Like, if anything, it was like, oh wow, Elysian sold because Dick Cantwell was such a big part of the Brewers Association. He was on the board. I believe he was president for a time. He's you know wrote books about mm-hmm. starting your own brewery, and he's all into craft beer. And then as it came out, well, he's also dating Kim Jordan, the president of New Belgium Brewing Company. Uh, I don't know if that matters at all, but, you know, it's like <laughs> craft beer royalty now, you know, the two of them together. And um, are you are, are you accusing them of collusion? <laughs> <laughs> Collusion's a good thing like that. Um, so, you know, it seemed... I'm sure they would agree. It, it seemed out of place that Elysian had sold out to the big evil brewery. And then we found out that, you know, there's three owners. There's Dick Cantwell, there's David Bueller, and I'm sorry, I don't know, recall the other guy's name. I actually interviewed David Bueller a couple of years ago at Philly Beer Week. Um, and it was a two to, two to one vote, and uh, Dick had voted against the sale. And so this past week it came out that he had resigned from Elysian. No news on what he's going to do next. But... Uh, I suspect he's the kind of guy who'll find a place. You know, that's there's there's lots of breweries who would uh, who would be willing to take in a guy like Dick. I mean, because yeah, I mean, he was the brew ma- he was the head executive brewmaster yeah. at Elysian. So I mean, presumably, you know, he wasn't the business side; he was the beer side. And yeah, there's all kinds of jobs available: big breweries, small breweries. You know, he could probably make well, a fine. Own, yeah. He could probably make a fine living as. Uh, being a consulting brewmaster for breweries starting up, you know, all kinds of things like that. So who knows? What I think he's he probably wants his own, you know, a guy like that, I suspect, wants his own work to mm-hmm. get acknowledged. So I would suspect that he would either make his own or, uh, or something similar mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. So it was interesting. I'm sure he made, he, he probably still made bank on, on the you know on the sale even though yeah he might have um left some money on the table with retention type thing yeah. you know options for but i don't know is, is it abm of stock <laughs> worth anything anyway uh i don't see why they wouldn't be it's, yeah. it's a very big company mm-hmm. all right moving on to the flavor here as the devils do it's a, it's thinner on the body than I had imagined. It, it, it big kind licorice of, flavor. Yes, big licorice. It, it strikes you at first like, oh, they went a little overboard, and then it dials itself down. I think mm. that uh, you, you think, oh, 
no, this is going to be too much. And then, no, it, it quickly just kind of lowers the temper, the, the lowers the volume on, on what it was doing with like the oaky stuff and the mm-hmm. vanilla stuff and more caramel stuff come in. Um, it, it's very, very, very impressed with Duclaw. This is really good. <laughs> I don't think I've had a Duclaw beer that was bad. I've had a Duclaw beer that was gimmicky. Sweet Baby um, Jesus yeah. is certainly a gimmicky beer. But yeah, it's not some, bad. Some of the other ones, some of the hoppy beers like Serum, they're really good. Mm-hmm. And Duclaw makes makes decent. I mean, not decent. They make solid. The word I was looking for was solid. They make a solid portfolio of beers. Yeah, people, but people do love Sweet Baby Jesus. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that, like they said, I mean, it's, as, for a gimmicky beer, I think Sweet Baby Jesus is very good. But I recognize its gimmick, and mm-hmm. I'm not like I'm not sold on on it as a regular drinker. It, it kind of it's not the same thing, but it kind of reminds me of it's it's sort of the same concept as the Rogue Sriracha. It was like that's a gimmick. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I. I'm not going to be drinking the Sriracha. I'm not going to store bottles of, of Sriracha all over the place. No, it was, it was a one-time thing. I, you know, I, I like what you did with it. I like what they did with the, with the Sweet Baby Jesus. Okay. I also understand why people, will, you know, would want more of it. Mm-hmm. But not my kind of thing. But it was well done. Yeah, I, I actually I, I liked it less than you did. Then I, I didn't think it was. I had pretty high expectations. I heard people talking about it, and I knew Duclos' reputation. I didn't much care for the sweet baby Jesus, uh, and then I probably liked this rush a little better than you did. Uh, I could see getting some of that. I think it would go great if you're like having like a, a buffalo wing buffet, you know. And <laughs> if any comment on that, it was a little too garlicky. But I mean, that is sriracha. That's sriracha, so. so that's what I expect. I, I I don't expect people to like it. I mean, that's the thing is, I kind of enjoyed that. They would make a beer like this with so much garlic, in with it. so much garlic, and just the, the audacity of it. Mm. I mean, calculated audacity. Sriracha is very popular, but at the same time, there's still going to be a, a large percentage of your market who's going to be like, "No way, I won't <laughs> touch that." Right. Um, so there's still some audacity in doing it, and I really do appreciate that. Is there's less audacity in doing a. Uh, peanut butter chocolate beer certainly Mm -hmm. but i think for what it is which is gimmicky peanut all those peanut butter flavored beers tend to be pretty gimmicky uh i thought it was decent Mm -hmm. and too sweet for me too much i'm still looking for though the superbly well done peanut butter beer i think it's out there well i gotta think that that's the trend, right? We mm-hmm. see things used poorly, and then we see things used very well. Yeah, people learn how to do it. The the anti trend, or the opposite of that trend, would be with pumpkin, where <laughs> it just keeps getting used worse and worse and worse. <laughs> so I had to work out a lot of CO two on this beer before I got it to a point where I really liked it. It was too zingy at first, and I swirled and swirled and swirled. Now I have it where it's nice and smooth and velvety, and I'm a lot happier with this beer now. I like it zingy. I like that the, the zinginess that's in there, and you can, of course, work it out and get the zinginess. So, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a good problem to have, right. I think. Sure. Um, well, like the pre-show beer was too flat, yeah. right? Because it was a, the end of a growler yeah. from yesterday. There's nothing we could do about that to to bring it back to its previous life. So yeah, it's better to have it overdone than underdone. But I worked out a lot of CO two, and now I'm really happy with this beer. There's, I'm able to taste more of the vanilla and the cocoa notes. I'm getting a little bit of touch of like dried cherries or something like that. I really like getting used to the licorice flavor because first couple sips that licorice flavor was super potent. And it hung around a little too long, but as I'm getting used to it, and as the bourbon and the barrel and the booziness come through, I'm not distracted by that overload of licorice anymore. And thankfully, it's a bourbon barrel beer. It doesn't taste like they just <laughs> they left some they left more than a little bit of an angel <laughs> share in there, <laughs> right? Hmm. Pretty good, Duclaw. Pretty oh, yeah. good. Pretty good. You pour out that the dredges of the 
glass for me. Thank you. So now should we go to Hotvale? Now I think we're now it's time to go to Hotvale. <laughs> well, it's right, to it's Hot right next to Winterfell. <laughs> I don't think hops would grow well in, next to Winterfell. As long as it's on the like forty seventh parallel. Oh, my sweet summer child. <laughs> well, that's it. They will grow for like thirty years, and then right. That's true. During during the summer. Well, it's, it, no, it, it's still cold in Winterfell. Oh, okay. I mean, you're near the wall. It's still cold. There are hot springs, though. I've read the books. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't talked about that on the Pure Pro Show, Game of Thrones. Yeah, we can talk about that. Just hop the veil, you know. You don't hear that. <laughs> that You don't hear veil very often. But it, seems, it sounds like something would be perfect for... Uh, what's the country called? The continent or the... Oh, the con- it's Westeros. The Westeros, that's it. The world. The world is, is different. The world is... I don't think there's a name for the world, but there's Westeros okay. and then... Oh, God, we're getting into that. <laughs> okay, it's West, Westeros is what I was yes. trying to think of. Back to the beer. All right, so Summit sent us this beer. It's an organic uh, beer. Oh, here we have a little... You probably know this already. It's called Hopville Organic. I don't like Greg going about it. Four point ten. Well, yeah, you have the information. Go for it. All I have is um, with lemon peel, which surprised me. Okay, four point seven percent alcohol by volume. The malts utilized organic pale and caramel. Fifteen hops utilized organic Bravo, Cascade, Centennial, and Chinook. Kettle additions organic lemon peel. All organic, organic, organic. So, Summit, if you're listening, send me some more of that hop silo. That stuff was awesome. I want some more. I, I drank the last one this week, and I, I cried a little bit. I think that some would say, okay, yes, yeah, send us 20 bucks, and we'll send you some more. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Don't use my powers for evil. <laughs> exactly. And no, no one man should have all that power. That's why we have two. <laughs> so the aroma in this one, it's your computer is giving me a uh, a scary a, message. A new version of Java is available. <laughs> okay, just wanted to make sure that wasn't messing with the uh, with the recording. Everyone's favorite pop up: a new version of Java is available. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, the thing that that is pretty much the weakest. The weakest and the the easiest way for the easiest vector for something to attack my computer, a new version is available. Great, <laughs> well, probably patches like twenty five flaws. So yeah. Okay, the aroma on this one again. I wish I didn't read the label and know there was lemon peel in here because that's what I'm smelling. I'm smelling this like lightly lemony angle on the hoppiness of this thing, and it would have been neat to have. I don't know. Like not known that when I started smelling this. This beer has a subtitle, which is silly, but I I get it. Hopdale Organic Ale sustainability has never been so drinkable. Okay, and, you know that's that's kind of clever. It it, mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't insult the intelligence. It's a it's a nice quirky line. It's silly, but. It's okay. You're allowed to be silly. You're making beer. Empowered by innovation. That is the one that just <laughs> bugs the hell out of me. <laughs> Say that one for the post show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the aroma. What's the ABV on this guy? I believe it was 4.7. 4. It has that session pale ale type smell to it where the malts are a little more grainy than sweet and bready kind of uh, uh, how do I want to describe this you know as you, you drink session IPAs and things like that session pale ales you, you'll get that smell where it's maybe a little more grainy a little more astringent on the nose or in the malt flavor and I was smelling that so that's why I was Wondering if it was low in alcohol. Now, they're serving tips. So we're not drinking this correctly. 
inform you. Okay. They say serve at 44 degrees in a nonic pint glass. Nonic pint glasses are the ones that have a little bulge yeah, around the, the English pint. style yeah. one, yeah. Because, you know, there's so much yeast for the little nonic bulge to catch. <laughs> That's what the nonic pint glasses were kind of made for. Real ale. Mm. You know, you're having yeast selling, you drink it, and that little bulge is a place for the yeast to settle as you're drinking. Oh, I see. So that's the whole point of it. So saying you should drink this beer in an Arctic pint glass when it's, you know, not I think that, real ale or bottle conditioned is... I think the assumption is not necessarily what, that the nonic helps, as opposed to I've noticed that nonic pint glasses are certainly thinner than shaker pints. They are, So yes. there's the thin glass to consider. Now we're drinking this in a very thin glass, so... That should take care of that aspect of mm-hmm. it. We're drinking a lot warmer. We're drinking around 60 degrees. Has a. Um, the molds lead the flavor. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of like what I expected, where it's, it's, it's a thinner body, like a session pale ale, where it's a little more stringent, a little more grainy than, you know, something with a lot of malt flavor. But it has a good malt flavor to it. And then, I mean, a good satisfying type yeah, malt really flavor. Yeah, really drinkable. Really drinkable. I'm very much enjoying mm-hmm. this one. And then, I didn't, I'll, I'll probably take a sip or two to get it calibrated after the, the barrel-aged stout. <laughs> from, what, 16% something or another, 12%, 12, down, yeah. to, down to 4%. So, I could drink four of these for one of those. Uh, You're within an order of magnitude. So. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I didn't on the first sip. I really didn't notice hops all that much. But the lemon, the lemon peel st- stuck out, and it was kind of this crisp. It didn't really come across like zested lemon peel, though. It came across more like a, like a lemon bar or something like that. I think that the lemon is helping this beer a lot. I think it's giving it an extra boost so that it doesn't feel. Uh, sometimes these session ales, especially when they use these organic ingredients, if, you, if you're not really careful, they, they can feel a little empty. They can feel like there's a there's there's some that aqueousness. There's this distance between the certain flavors, and it doesn't feel as full bodied. And I think the lemon is helping to round out that. It's interesting aspect. you said that because I rem- I would say ten years ago. You know, we both had that opinion. I had that opinion where I've had, you know, Woolivers was the organic beer yeah. we could get here. And we were curious about organics, but they always seemed, like, like you said, they seemed empty. They seemed lighter. They seemed um, missing something. But, you know, in it, 2015... I mean, that has changed, but what my point is that you have now two things against you. You're, right. you're making a session ale and you're doing organic. Yeah, organic. So you... You have two things yet to battle mm-hmm. instead of just one. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I just kind of wanted to, to talk a little bit about how, yeah, I mean, definitely through our progression, my my progression, I won't speak for you specifically, you know, there was a long period where every organic beer I tasted tasted subpar, tasted empty. I have, I'm trying to remember the last time I actually thought that. I don't think that anymore. I don't, you know, most of the organic Even beers... Even Wolvers got better. Yeah, most of the organic beers that I taste today taste fine they're indistinguishable in quality to to most they're they're chemically uh, <laughs> chemically modified peers <laughs> chemically enhanced i should yeah, say yeah right i mean the the reason that organics are different is because the other ones have had whatever things have been done to them to promote their growth and you know give them stronger Whatever. Now, this is something humans have been doing for centuries, so or for thousands of centuries. It's not something like new, but at the same time, we've been doing it at a much more advanced rate because we can get down to genetics. We can do more things with pesticides and other things to, to that nature. That's what organics are trying to avoid. Yeah, I think putting cow manure on your crops and putting Roundup on your crops are a little different. They've been doing cow manure for thousands of years. Well, no. They've been putting Roundup on the crops for thousands of years. Well, the other thing is they're they're integrating Roundup into the genetic code, which yeah. I think is cool. Other people think, oh no, I, that's uh, that's not for me. But we'll talk about this in the post show because there was actually a news story about Roundup being uh, 
worse than previously thought. So, well, we can talk about how the the latest studies. I remember that we we always were very clear about that beer is not a health food, mm-hmm. and the latest studies show that to be absolutely true. All those things about you know drink a glass of wine or a glass of beer a day, or they were really overstated mm-hmm. claims. So. Man, man, shocker, man. (laughs) So I hope you enjoyed the vacation from this last time. We're going to inflict it on you now. But you didn't pull out the right uh, thing. There it is. Sorry, wrong slider. We should get someone to remix it. We should like have a remix contest where someone could take this song and remix it. Well, it can be any song, really. I mean, we use this song because yeah. it's a... Uh, I like it so much, but it's nice and bouncy. Well, but you like it, so we should get this one remixed. Right. Have a little contest. If anyone likes remixing stuff, take this song. This is like Lonely Island something. Lonely Island Spelled Out is the name of the song. Oh, okay. Oh, let's spell it out. Yeah, and uh, alright, so you know the music. You, you got your Pavlovian response. You're already typing in craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Why wouldn't you, after all? You want the stuff that's on Amazon. Why wouldn't you, after all? We need to get them you to the, support us. We need to Why get, wouldn't you, after all? We need to get them to the point where when they hear the music, they feel like they need to buy something. Like, they're just sitting listening, like, yeah, everything's cool. Again, and using your powers for evil. You are really on an evil track there. I think, Maybe uh, watch the Superman versus Batman thing, so... I think it's, I think it's some it's of throwing the... Throwing off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With great power, my friend. <laughs> Go buy something on Amazon right now. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Hmm. What? I like it. I really I like it. I like it a lot. I, I, I'm really, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. And it's think, a really good and think about this. This beer, while it's not like punching us in the face with great flavors, it's super drinkable. Mm-hmm. And we're appreciated after drinking Devil's Dew and after drinking Alesmith 394. And after drinking the Lightning, which was well, that too. Really but good the, too. but these were more potent, right? Yeah. You know, we drank two very potent beers, and this beer is standing up. So that's that's noteworthy right there. There's some good beers on this show. We drink some good there, beers. There's no way I would have picked a 4% beer to come after a barrel-aged Imperial Stout if I had known it was 4%. Mm. All right, final beer time. Oh, no, we still got this guy. Yeah, we do. <laughs> okay, two more beers. Well, how you feeling? Do you want to do both of them? Bring it on. All right. <clears throat> I think we should mention, though, uh, we played Kanye West Power in the opening. We were going to do, this is how we do it, because it was the 20th anniversary of that song being number one. Listen to that song at some point, just go through the lyrics. It's very it's very progressive. <laughs> it's very inclusive. Very. You know, you're having so much fun, you forget to do your drive-bys. Uh, so this is... <laughs> It was fun analyzing this. Little Red Rooster from Star Hill. Did they send us this? They did, yes. Thank you, Star Hill. Coffee Cream Stout. Malted barley, two-row, carafa, caramel, and wheat, which isn't a barley, but that's how they call it. When they call it. Star Hill is in Charlottesville, Virginia, hometown of Jamie Barlow. The that's, kettle- how I know, that's, that's how I know of Charlottesville. That's where Jamie Barlow lives. Hey! Kettle Hops Willamette. Uh, and the yeast is an ale yeast. 5.8% alcohol by volume. They, they, it's their friends from Red Rooster Coffee Roasters in Floyd, Virginia. I've actually heard of Red Rooster. And they say it's a milk stout, too, so there's some lactose in here. It was packaged on January 5th. And that's all the extra information I got here. So I always... Tense up when I hear milk, stout, and coffee because I'm worried about the the over sweetness that, that uh, Starbucks has introduced into the coffee world. Oh, frappuccino coffee yeah, beer. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had a, like a beer that's like come across like a frappuccino or like a. I... I've had ones that come close. We just, just a couple weeks ago, we had a really sweet coffee stout. Right? I mean, 
I, I seem to remember one at least. I'm not sure. Everyone's hearing the cough buttons left and right. <laughs> we can hear it. <laughs> Trust me, when I listened to it, at least, it didn't, it, didn't, cough at it didn't come through. But I don't know. We, we, we packed up the soundboard for the last show, so the settings may be a little bit like different than usual. Mm-hmm. We kind of have to dial those back into... You should make marks when we on the board. I, I mean, I know where they are. If anything, I... Change the game because your orientation to the microphone was different. That's back where it was. And I noticed the last couple of weeks that the um, levels in our head... This is this is not part of the show. We should not be talking about this. I changed the, uh, the monitor level on our, on our earphones a little bit today. Uh, but just a little bit. I'm glad we took that time just to give this a chance to breathe a little bit because uh, the first thing it was I was smelling was kind of a um, a dead coffee smell. Oh really? Yeah, but I, I was just I just let it let it breathe and that that went away. It just mm-hmm. it just needed some time to to air out a bit. It's funny when I first poured it, I was smelling kind of a lively um, coffee. Maybe something that was kind of an African origin, like an Ethiopian or something like that. But uh, now I'm smelling a little bit more tobacco coming off it. I mean, the coffee definitely comes through. There's a little, there's some sweetness under there, but it's the, the coffee's dominating the aroma. And the coffee, the coffee, the one thing the coffee does carrying is it's a pretty dark roast coffee that you're getting. Uh, it's definitely not a, a lighter roast. I expect to taste some astringency on this one. The cream part of this really does wonders for the body. The uh, has a nice sweetness to it from kind of this creamy lactose type character, but it hits you right up front. Start, Greg was worried about this astringency. And it's there. It's but it's there, not. but it's there. But you know, for me, my impression is, as soon as it hit my tongue, it was already counteracting any any potential astringency with the sweetness. It was almost it was almost like thought out that you know, let's counteract that, and it it, it kind of heads it off before it comes to a forefront. I absolutely agree with you. I, I think that the, the the lactose, at least from these first couple of sips, the lactose is playing a a very important role by. Recognizing there's astringency, mm-hmm. taking over those sort of tips and, and melding those down where, where those astringency tips would be in the graph, if you will. So that's doing that job. What else is happening with this beer? There's a a kind of kind of spunky hop note at the background of this. Actually, the technique more than I usually would in a coffee stout. It's Willamette, so it's kind of it's it's a milder hop, but mm-hmm. it's still it's playing. A, it, it feels to me like it's playing a larger role than otherwise. It could be just some bitterness from the coffee too. The um, the 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 character that I'm trying to distill that would be the hops. It, it's it's a little lighter than the bitterness that's being derived from the roast malts and, and from the coffee. It's kind of like, um, I guess, leafy is how I would describe it. Maybe um, try to put words to what I'm thinking, and I really don't have great vocabulary for this flavor. It's. Uh, it's I think the carafa is playing a role, right? I think that it's it's giving it a, a sort of ashy quality that helps. Almost like a, almost like a kefir or something like that. You get a lime leaf or something, just a touch of that. That's an interesting call. I don't know if I. Totally I mean, it, it, I, I don't. I, I mean, I'm not saying like, I'm saying reminiscent of, right? Because I I don't have a better term. Yeah, I mean, I can. I there are similarities to some aspects yeah, of kefir. I, I don't think that kefir lime leaf is uh, probably a, not the a, best descriptor. But well, I think not, you're, you're, not in the, a dead you're in the range. Yeah, it's yeah. not a dead on yeah. call, but it's something in that ballpark. You're somewhere in the Venn diagram there. Right, and that's kind of how I'm interpreting the hop character coming off of the spear. And then, like I said, there's additional bitterness coming from the roast malts and from the coffee. Shiso leaf. I don't know what that is. 
sometimes they have them with sushi. It's 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 kind of a it's it's kind of a vaguely minty, uh, okay. vaguely just barely, um, just barely citrusy, like just barely. Okay, but also very green mm-hmm. flavor. That that sounds kind of like what I'm tasting for mm-hmm. sure. You know, I started off with leafy, and then I tried to dial it in. But yeah, I knew kefir was going to be too too citrusy. Mm-hmm. We're on a roll with coffee beers lately. We've done three of them in the last couple of weeks, and they've all been solid coffee beers. I don't know about the third, about the one. I think there was oh, one that I didn't oh. like. Well, there was the spoiled one, right? No, the modern times I, it was spoiled, but I thought it was it, right. it was like just beginning to be spoiled. So right. It wasn't terrible, but there was one that I felt was way too sweet. I forget which one it was. You have to look. I don't recall. But we did one. I think the week before, last week or the week before, that was pretty good too. We're on a roll with these. I think <laughs> this one's pretty good. This yeah. is the Star Hill Red Rooster Coffee Stout. They made a pun. All right, so here we this go. This is how we make a pun. The very last beer of the night is going to be the, I assume, the biggest. I don't know. We had an 11% already. The ABV is 10.5 on this beer. So it's not going to be the biggest beer. <laughs> well, it figures. It's the biggest bottle. It is the biggest bottle of the night. This is the sixth glass which they on their label they say it's a quad right, but on the um, the style on the website it says Belgian strong dark. I guess honestly they're kind of the same. That they're very of, similar. That cork kind of scared me. <laughs> the way it came out of that bottle. Ten point five percent alcohol by volume. So. Did we say the brewery? Did we say the brewery? You said it's a sixth glass. We said the ABV, but I don't know if we said this was Boulevard Brewing Company. It's Boulevard Brewing Company. This is a Dave beer. Malts that are used. Pale malt, Kara 300, Munich and malted wheat. Adjuncts, dextrose, brown sugar, dark brown sugar, dark candy syrup, hops. Bravo, Saphir. Don't really know that much about that one. And Zots, or Saz, or whatever you want to call it. This is Best Buy, uh, July of next year. So there's plenty of aging time left on the bottle. Very estuary. Very estuary. Do you know what dwells in the glass? Asks Ole in Hans Christian Andersen's The Watchman of the Tower. Hans Christian Andersen. Little Mermaid, right? Uh, I don't know about The Mermaid. No, Little Mermaid. He wrote The Little Mermaid. Okay. Very highly carbonated. A lot of zingy CO2 on the nose when you first smell it. And then, yeah, I worked some out, and uh, Greg mentioned estuaries. I'm getting lots of bananas, some pear... Uh, you know, things things kind of in line with the quad, right? I would expect a Belgian Strand Dark to be a little more minerally on the nose. Could be, yeah. yeah. You know, this one's a lot more of those uh, dried fruits. You, know, you get a bag from Costco of those dried fruits, and you open it up, and you smell the inside with the dried apples, oh, yeah. the dried pears, apricots, the prunes, the apricots. You know, it's kind of a lot of that. So a really condensed sweetness. Mm-hmm. Getting kind of a, a floral daisy type smell on it too. Depends. Depends if I if I don't coat the glass, I get daisies. If I coat the glass, I get something more banana y and fruity. There is a lot of sugar added to this, and you know, like I said, I told you the adjuncts, four different sugars, essentially. Dextrose, brown sugar, dark brown sugar, dark candy syrup. You can really taste that. Mm-hmm. You can taste the almost cinnamon-like quality that, that comes through when you put all these types of sugar together. It's kind of par for the course, you know, especially the dark candy yeah. sugars and whatnot. Um, I think this one needed a little more age on it, to be totally honest with you. 
I, f- I feel like... So I asked Boulevard when Dave brought me all these beers, you know, drink now or hold on to them. And they say that they release their beers ready to drink. Mm-hmm. They think their beers are perfectly servable. I think it's acceptable. Sure, they are acceptable. I mean, but they didn't really say... Like, I wasn't asking them, are they too green to drink? I'm saying, should I save any of these or should I drink them now? And the answer was, drink them all now. So this is kind of the brewer's intent. Stephen Powell's intent. Well, if I may be so bold, I I believe... I I agree with you, though. I think think you put this beer down until uh, the end of 2016... Mm-hmm. Let it mellow, let it oxidize a bit. It could be something special. Yeah. I think it just it just tastes a little green, right? It tastes like mm-hmm. it needs time to ripen. There's there's something developing in there that's really the I think it'd be really special. Mm-hmm. It needs time. If you find this on the source shelves and you have the ability to store beer for a while. I would give you very good odds that this would be a very excellent beer in two years. Right now, it's just kind of okay. I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's good. I wouldn't say it's okay. I would say it's good. I feel, it nothing's... feels a little, a little harsh to me. Okay. It feels a little bit, um, a little bit like I'm being pulled in multiple directions. Things haven't mellowed enough together that I'm getting some sort of fruity notes here and I'm getting some big like sugar notes way over here on the other side and then I'm getting kind of a spicy note in another direction. It feels, no, it feels like I'm being no, cool. I, I hear you. I mean there's nothing there's nothing bad in the flavors. They're just the integration isn't quite yeah, there if, yet. If there was something bad then I wouldn't think it would age well. I mean well, I think... But, but you... I mean. I'm, I just I, okay. Maybe I'm hanging. Uh, maybe I'm hanging up on the term you said. Yeah. This beer is kind of okay. Yeah, that, that's that's like that's like just barely almost average. You well, know? we had some fantastic sure. beers tonight, and this beer compared to them is just kind of okay. Okay, if you do it relatively, yes. I was I was I heard you're kind of okay in the the grand scheme of all beers. And oh, okay. kind of okay. yeah, that's... kind of okay is like hey, it's not infected. Okay, right, okay, yeah. Uh, in this flight, this yeah, beer okay. is just kind of okay. All right. Uh, I have no problem with that statement. Yeah. yeah, this beer is a very good beer when compared to the vast majority of us. <laughs> yes. Okay. That, that's where our, that's where my perception, that's where we were confused. It's good to be on the same, the same rail line. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's fine beer, but there's nothing special in it yet. It, but it has so much potential. And now this bottle has lost its potential because I had opened the cork. So oh. while Boulevard says all their beers are ready to drink at the get-go, are very good at the get-go, I would uh, take this sixth glass and lay it down I'd... for a bit. Absolutely. Absolutely, I think that you would, you, your palate will be rewarded for such dedication. Shall we move on to ranking? Let's do so. Let me first get my notepad thing out and get the show here so we can actually save the information. And now it's time to rank, Jeff. All right, so from the bottom, I guess, I'll have to put I'll put the sixth glass in the last place just because it was a fine beer, but I, I think all the other beers, you know, gave me something else, had more integration, and this one was kind of a disjointed Belgian quad that didn't bring in bring, didn't bring anything special other than big flavors and big booze. It didn't play together. Oops, sorry for hitting the mic there. Um, Ow, he hit me too. Ow! Ouch. Uh, Number uh, five would be... (laughs) It gets tough. It really does get tough. I mean, it it quickly gets very hard. It does. 
I think I'm actually going... Now, this is not a, a slam on the beer, but I think it's just proving how tough it is. I'm going to put the Devil's Due in fifth place. I think it was a good beer. The reason I'm putting it in fifth place is because until I worked out all that CO2, I thought it was a little thin and zingy and licorice-y. And, um, you know, before I got to a point where I enjoyed that beer more. Uh, but I, I did enjoy that beer quite a bit once I got to that point. Now, I think you're going to be number one. Um, <laughs> this is where it gets, this is how we do it. Um, <laughs> <sighs> virtual tie. No, I can't. No, we're not allowed to do that. Let's say that I put the Hopville Organic in fourth place. Because I have to. Um, I will talk on the next beer why I liked it better. The um, the Lightning is in third place. I like the Lightning over the Hopvale. Probably because of how it had... Um, had new one. <laughs> I don't know. It had, had something that... Words can't describe. How about that? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I know that's a huge cop-out. No, I think the lightning was, was definitely the best lightning of the batch that they sent us. I and, agree with that. And, and a quite uh, a good beer. Uh, I'm trying, why does it beat the Hopvale? The Hopvale was a lighter, that session paleo with the lemon, and it was a good drinker. The lightning brought a little bit more of... Um, body to it a little bit more a little bit more uh saturation and flavor and i think that's just going to win out over the hopvale the um ale smith was a pretty pungent san diego style pale ale i uh when i cracked the cap the aroma just kind of you know wafted across me and that's going to be in second place it was pretty enjoyable and then yeah the star hill the coffee root red rooster coffee cream stout I really like that. I thought that the coffee, the lactose, the way it balanced that bitterness, that leafy hop lamet character, I think it all just came together really well. So here's the question. Do you think that my rankings are going to agree with yours or disagree? I think they're pretty different. They are pretty different. We share the last one. Should I estimate your... Should I... You want me to pick your rankings for you? Yeah, okay. Awesome. Yeah, okay. So we share... Uh, I I gave away. We share the last one. I think you would have guessed that, too. So let's see. Number five. put the Alesmith in fifth place. No. No. Uh, You you only get one guess. Uh, The fifth beer is as much as uh, I kind of want to reward the brewery for giving us something awesome. I still think the lightning just in this flight wasn't wasn't as good as the other ones in terms of what I was just enjoying. Uh, So, I I mean, like I said, these five beers are really close. They're very closely packed together. So... It's a matter of personal preference where they where they go. You could rearrange them and not have me give that much of a of a stink about it. But number four. So I'm gonna. So I've missed my first one, but that's already spent. So I would have put in fourth place. I probably would have put. Let, let me let me go through the whole lineup. Yeah. Don't tell me any feedback. Okay. So I would have put Alesmith in fifth. I would have put. I, I now I know we put the lightning that's tainting my my opinion. Uh, I would have thought you probably like the devils do more than the lightning, and I think you would have liked the hop veil. Let's see how? Did, what did you think about the red rooster? I think the top three are very tight. And I don't want to put my opinion. Let's line them up like this. All right. So I would have picked you. I don't know. You don't like bourbon barrels that much to put that on top. But you like the Devils do a lot. Um, I'll just go with this one. I know it's not perfect. Okay. But... So Jeff is suggesting I went or, or his like Price's Right opinion of of, <laughs> exactly. of the arrangement of what I would do would be 
Devils Do. Devils Do, number one, Star Hill, uh, Summit, Lightning, Alesmith. So the actual is, from mine from first to last, Devil's Due is number one, as okay. a matter of fact. Uh, it was, to me, the best beer of the night. I loved it. I, I did not think I would enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, Bourbon Barrel Stout, yeah, you're right. It already has, like, <laughs> I, I'm already afraid of it because, like, you know, people don't do that very well. This version was exceptional. Number two, for me, was the same as your number two. I like the Ale Smith. I think okay. it's kind of a classic version, right? Kind of a classic pale ale, but it's really good classic pale ale. Really good classic West Coast pale ale, right? It has a very juicy hop stuff, and man, it's it, it's an enjoyable sucker. But if I was going for my number three, then it's going to be the drinkable one. Okay. And you know what that means. That means it's going to be the hop veil. It's going to be the summit. And so my number four is then the Star Hill, which was, you know, for a milk stout, like I said, these are all really good. Uh, a milk stout with coffee, that can go really wrong. It didn't, but I had to go with the drinkable one over the sweet one. Okay. So them's how we do the show. That's what we're going to roll out with. Okay, we've got some more Kanye. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We really appreciate you guys taking the time to tune into this show. It means a lot to us. Uh, visit craftbeerradio.com, our website, for all kinds of great website-y things. You can hit us up on Twitter. That's be, uh, Jeff at Jeff Bear. At CBR Craig. And at Craft Beer Radio. We have an email address, which I thought was a Twitter account a moment ago. That's beer at craftbeerradio.com. Well, they both share ats. Yes. Darn ats. And, uh, you know, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon is where you can do all your shopping needs for everything. I, th- I hear you can buy anything you want there. That's what they tell me. Thanks. Why would they be wrong? What? Dirty word! <laughs> <laughs>